1: Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Uh, And this week we've got a lovely guest with us. Uh, Claire Sheehan has come to join us this morning, and Claire is a good friend of ours. She's been in Bali with us. She's been uh, around us, socialising with us, getting drunk with us on many occasions.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) because it just sounds like she has a lot of fun. It
1: does have a lot of fun, I think. So I'm just going to hand straight over to Claire, and you can introduce yourself a lot better than I'm doing and uh, tell everyone about you.
2: Thank you, Niall. And hello, everybody. Um, yeah, as Niall says, I have been around the block with these guys and um, they have seen me at my best and my worst, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we've had a lot of fun, Joe. Um, yeah, I'm sure the guys will fill you in at some point. But I'm um, the founder of my PDA. Um, my name Claire Sheehan. And my PDA is the Property Developers Assistant. Um, We launched it back in January 2020. And it's a free um, platform that helps property developers to de-risk their financial commitments when it comes to developments, um, find deals and analyze those deals. More importantly, make sure they don't make any mistakes on numbers. Um, And that's really passionate for me because I'm all about risk and credit risk and a little bit uh, um, on my background, Um, and I wanted to help property developers, but my journey in property started way back, or further than I like to remember, Um, you know, just for, you know, buying properties, and living in them, and renovating them myself, Um, and then in 2003, I became an accidental landlord, um, and I didn't even know I was an accidental landlord until many years later. If I'm honest, off in the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, lots of people fall into that. And um, but in 2012, January 2012, 27th of January, um, life changed for me actually, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, as you can imagine, when something like that happens, it really just makes you reevaluate your life. To be honest, I hadn't reevaluated it when it first happened I was just too consumed with I am going to die and that is genuinely what I thought um, because it was quite aggressive and I knew that I was going to be going through like a year of, of quite traumatic treatment from what the consultant had said to me so big shock. but so before that you know as the guy said I like to have a bit of a party and there was no different before I got cancer and, um, and my life was I guess a bit more on the merry-go-round before that I was, um, um, I was a consultant so working in lots of different industries, but helping lots of um, corporations to save millions of pounds through implementing bespoke systems, project managing. um, I looked after teams, looking after the collection side of things and managing credit risk. Um, So, you know, it was quite a a very demanding job being a consultant. You know, there's a lot of demands on you and your time and lots of stress as well with project managing, um, lots of projects that needed to you know, it was all on me for for um, being successful. Um, and I'm sure that that contributed to some of the reasons why, um, you know, I did get breast cancer in terms of the stress levels, because I, I've read a lot about, you know, what some of the causes are. But again, I you know, I had lots of lots of fun. I was on that merry go of um, didn't really save money per se, but I had some money building up because I was a consultant and I wanted to be tax efficient with it. Um, So it was really work, save some money and party and then repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And that's pretty much what my life was back then. And it all came crashing down in that January. Um, So I went through, I'm not going to go through loads of detail on that, but I went through loads of treatment for a year. Um, And then in January 20, uh, not 20, um, where are we? 2013, a year later, My husband, Alistair, he was made redundant and we were like, right, I was on the road to recovery. I remember being on the treadmill at the time, just walking because that's pretty much all I could do at the time. Um, And we went, right, let's go traveling. Let's go traveling for three months. Let my hair grow back because I'd lost it and um, go through all of that curly phase. And trust me, it went through a really curly, awful phase. Oh oh my God. Um, And so we went traveling and we went to um, Australia, New Zealand, Cook Islands, landed in Las Vegas on the way back for our wedding and had an amazing time. And it really helped my recovery. We chose somewhere like Australia because it, apart from the snakes, it was fairly safe in, st- in terms of diseases because my immune system was still quite low. Um, but throughout that three months period, we were like, okay, we need to do something different. I don't want to go back into that rat race um how do we get to a point where we have some some financial freedom because at that point you know it was I I wasn't going to die imminently anyway and I just didn't want to go back into that rat race but what could we do every single day we're like right what can we do that's different so that we can leave the job get some sort of financial freedom and every day we came up with nothing every single day um was it in Vegas or back home from Vegas (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we came back with nothing Uh, but no so throughout that whole whole three months um, it was pretty much every day we were asking that that same question Um, and we came back had a few more operations and I eventually went back to work and slipped back into that whole rhythm of rinse and repeat and you know it's really frustrating and then I think it was in 2015 um, Alistair and I well Alistair actually read Rich Dad Poor Dad And a lot of people's journey in property starts with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And Alice is a financial accountant. And, you know, so we're both financially astute. And we really wanted to do something with our money and make it work for us so that we could have that financial freedom. So we're like, right, let's buy some buy to lets. Um, So, again, I was already an accidental landlord. And then we set about buying. I think we bought four in succession in, you know, within six months. Um, And then we've eventually built that into a three million um, pound portfolio, um, which is a buy to let that we're holding, which has been great. But we felt that the journey to getting us to financial freedom was really slow because buying single buy to lets wasn't getting us to where we wanted to be quick enough. And I'm sure loads of people would resonate with that as well. Um, But we thought that that was the way to go. So, you know, it was still better than what we had before. But then when we looked at the clock in terms of, right, what does that mean in terms of retirement? When can we you know, stop working or choose to stop working? Um, it's still going to be a couple of years off so that we could both um, actually you know, release our jobs. Um, so in 2017, we thought, right, we want to do something different. How can we upscale this? Um, and we went to a property show. I think it was in the Excel. And um, we just went to watch loads of seminars and see what people had to say about property and how we could. Um, you know upscale our business really quickly and we were very uninspired by most people that we saw which is really disappointing because you go to that type of event and expect to be wowed but it was more yeah I'm not sure if I trust that person because Anastasia and I were very risk averse because of our backgrounds I guess in finance you know it takes a lot for us to trust something or someone Um, and we'd split up during the day so I went to some seminars he went to some others and I was quite despondent by the end of it, about five o'clock. And I met up with Alistair and he went, right, I've just met this guy, um, <laughs> this guy called Lloyd Girardi. He's from White Box, this, oh, this yeah. company. And um, and he was like, right, I've been chatting to him um, about a course that they do um, in terms of um, build to rent. So I'm going to go on their one day. So I was like, okay, well, you do that. I was a consultant earning quite a lot of money per day. So I was like, well, I'm not going to lose out on that. I'm not that I didn't meet the guy, so I didn't know. Off you go. And um, he came back from that one day uh, really enthused and saying to me, we both need to go on a three day event to learn all about build to rent. It could be a strategy that we want to um, really focus on. And I was like, really, three days? What can they possibly talk about (laughs) three days? And that's how naive I was back um, in 2017 about property and development in particular. I really had no idea about what you could possibly talk about for that long. But he convinced me, we went on the calls and that changed everything. So that started us on the journey of, right, our strategy is build to rent. And it's going to enable us to go from buying one at a time to building something, keeping 10 units, and that will really change our lifestyle a lot quicker. Quick
0: question. Um, when did you, yeah. what month did you attend the three day? Just so I know.
2: Oh, I think it was June.
0: Oh, damn. June-ish. Were you there as well then? No, I was. I was. January is a big month for you. Like it's come up again and again and again and again in your story, and I just thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if it was another January day, It wasn't it? Was June? Jay, maybe it's the end. It's a a, Jay day. Jay month. Exactly. Can I actually? Can I also just say? You went to a property event, right, and were uninspired all day, yet Lloyd Girardi (laughs) was the guy you trusted at the end of
2: the day. I I didn't. No, not me. It was Alistair. (laughs) (laughs) i it all on Alistair.
3: It took you a while to warm up to Lloyd, did it? (laughs)
2: we've had we thought
0: we had the boys on the pod the white box boys on the podcast a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and honestly it was just tales of barley and honestly <laughs> i don't think we
2: talked about property much
0: no at all. property
1: never came up at all no <laughs> yeah, talked about us
2: it's not but surprising because barley dog dog was, dog
1: dog was yeah dog yeah
2: barley was you know just an incredible experience wasn't it guys yeah, um, so I can see why all you talked about was that because you know oh wouldn't it be nice to be there as well right
0: oh I'd love to oh, it Sounds
2: awesome yeah it would be nice so yeah so back then in June 2017 I was thinking right that's gonna upscale we're gonna get to Bali even quicker I didn't know anything about Bali at the time not with the white box boys anyway um but yeah we went on that journey with them and I was like right I'm gonna sign up to their masterminds I think, you know, these guys can really help us because I was green, as you already heard. I didn't understand what they could talk about for three days. I was astounded. I took a pen. I was trying to write everything down. I was like, all right, stuff that. I just need these experts. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and that's, you know, and I set out. I want to do some developments. So I'm looking for properties. And I spent hours and hours, you know, outside of work, just like many people, searching for the right properties, building up relationships, running the numbers. And it took forever. You know, all the, the waking time in the evenings and the weekends was spent on that. I saw properties everywhere. It's like when you buy a new car, isn't it? You <laughs> buy a car, which nobody's got, and all of a sudden you see them everywhere. 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 So it's just like that for property, where it was for me anyway. Um, so it, it was really, really time consuming um spreadsheets so you know there's lots of spreadsheets out there um and one person gives you their spreadsheet somebody could have changed it and there could be bugs in it um so again you know we're risk averse and we we're we're financially we're used to spreadsheets so we created our own something very simple that we could do and rely on and um so yeah so i spent um probably about six months on that and then i realized right i can't do I, to make property development work, to find something, I need to spend more time because it's all about time and the numbers game. And also, I was afraid of getting things wrong, fear of failure. So I was crippled from making offers because I was afraid that I didn't know the bill cost. Um, you know, am I, if I included everything, am I going to make a massive financial commitment that's going to, you know, end me in strife? And so it really stopped me from moving forward and progressing. So I thought, right, I'm going to not renew my next consultancy contract. And I'm going to just focus on full time. And I was in a position where I could, which was great. And so I went for it. And six months later, excuse me, I had two offers accepted. And we love the sea. And we found a property uh, down on the south coast that was a lovely big house and we were going to convert it into 12 apartments and they were going to be exclusive all looking over and it was amazing. We'd had it all agreed. Then the, the vendors were, you know, the people that owned it were great and they knew what we were going to do and supportive. And we were actually um, going to do it with John McDermott, who's a town planning expert. You guys probably know, I know Matt yeah. and I'll do. Yeah, um, so we we're going to, it. yeah, he's a good guy. So we were going to do something um, with John on that, And we spent probably oh, five months, or I spent a lot of my time on five months, trying to get that over the line. And I learned so much. But at the end of it, five months later, we actually pulled out because there were some complications with the driveway, which the neighbours owned. Um, and they slapped a 250 grand ransom strip on it. Mm. So we couldn't do a thing about it. And it just killed the deal. So we oh. just had to walk away because... You know, they were playing games. They turned out to be property developers as well. Um, So, yeah. So we just walked away from that. You need to know when to cut off. But the frustrating thing for me was and lessons learned. Right. I hadn't built my pipeline. I'd spent all of my time on that property and I just forgot about anything else because I was so convinced it was going to work. And as I since I found out, you know, many deals fall out of bed. But I hadn't built that pipeline. So I had to start again. So that was really, really frustrating. But what happened from all of that experience working with John, he had seen all of the detail that I'd gone into with um, final, the analysis side and obviously finding lots and lots of opportunities. Um, he asked me to go along to his boot camp, which was in Malta at the time. I think, in fact, no, you were there.
1: I was on that one. Yeah,
2: I think that's when I first met you.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was, was it February? I can't even remember. It was January. Yeah. Was,
1: <laughs> no, it was It, it was February, because I think I went out just after my birthday in February. Yeah.
2: Oh, it could have been January, Joe, because it was freezing.
1: It was, oh, really? it was so cold. Oh, my
2: God, it was so cold. We're all, like, in jackets all of the time, because it was just so <laughs> cold. Yeah, exactly. That's what we thought in Malta. <laughs> I even managed to um, prang the car that I'd hired without... <laughs>
0: That went
2: so much. I didn't love it at the time. I was like trying to get the guys to go under and like hammer the dents out before I took it back, but that didn't work. But they never found out, they never even noticed it. So it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they're not
1: as they're not as worried about higher cars in other countries as they are in the UK. (laughs) Not as pedantic.
2: Yeah, and then we're all worried about it. Well, I certainly was. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that was a great experience. And he asked me to go along to that and just help other people do the analysis using my own spreadsheet. Um, so I was really happy to do it. I felt a little bit of a, a fraud, if I'm honest, because like, okay, why would people want to 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 know that the way that I do things? But you know, some people are doing things on the back of a fag packet. Some people are really astute with the numbers and they've got their own way of doing it, and that's all fine. Others just wanted a little bit of help to. Have some confidence in what they were doing. Um, so that was a great experience, and I came away from it thinking, "Why don't I build a calculator? Build something, <laughs> should... you know, summit a quick deal analysis that just helps people, right?"
3: Go to Malta, and build a calculator. Yeah,
2: job done. And um... is, it, is it
3: is it solar powered? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
0: obviously, um, so obviously... You
3: calculator. You know, we have your solar power. Yeah, you know, button. <laughs>
0: okay, to me. I'd be like to a spreadsheet it wouldn't suddenly join those dots but i'm on holiday shall i build a calculator like those, those <laughs> two dots would never
1: it was join. it was it was not a holiday it was Sorry, originally... exactly Niall. <laughs> <A bit camp.
2: laughs> i was still, just about to correct joe as well <laughs> even, even still
0: even after many cocktails with my business head on i wouldn't join those dots i think that's amazing that's your accountancy head isn't it your finance head like yeah
2: yeah and it was all about i thought well you know people are struggling and also I didn't want to see people um, making a massive financial commitment because when we first started on that week, you know, I won't name any names. and It wasn't you now. I went through a couple of deals. I thought, Christ, they're going to lose money on this um, because they've forgotten this, this and this. You know, you've forgotten that you actually have to add in interest that you're going to have to pay a development lender, you know, the finance lender. And these are big mistakes for people to make. So that's one of the reasons that drove me to think, right, I'll do a quick anal- analysis calculator for them. And, uh, and that, you know, sparked a little bit of an idea, and it just came out of nowhere. And, um, and I was still in my consultancy role. Actually, I'd gone back part-time because, obviously, the, the last project had failed. <laughs> um, so I went back part-time, and I was in India. Um, um, and I was very lucky because in the morning I could just chill out by the pool in the afternoon. I was working European hours. But chilling out by the pool gave me some time to just sit back and reset. Um, so I thought, well, why can't property developers benefit from this same type of technology? Because technology, you know, software as a solution has underpinned all of the process efficiencies that I've ever, ever done. Um, and I, and that's the big light bulb moment. It's like, well, why can't property developers benefit from that same? Um, type of technology so I set about I I remember calling Alistair my husband and going right I've had that light bulb moment now is the time Um, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna ditch the day job and I'm gonna focus on building not just a calculator but a whole end-to-end ecosystem if you like that helps property developers to find opportunities analyze them de-risk them make offers and just do it all for them very quickly so to save everybody time so that is pretty much um, how my PDA started.
3: So you've not been very busy then over the last couple of years?
2: Not very, no. Especially the last six months, you know, with this pro version that's come out. <laughs> and a puppy.
3: And a puppy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tell me about the puppy. That's, that sounds more interesting. How's, how, how, oh, what, have, what have you got?
2: He is a Welsh Springer Spaniel. He started off about this big on the 26th of December when we got him, wearing? just before... Uh, yeah almost January <laughs> um 26th of December started off this big he is now 17 kilos and still what? growing and he's six months yes he's a big boy Alistair says I missold him
3: <laughs> I think that happens quite a lot my mum got a miniature um Labradoodle miniature labradoodle it's not miniature uh she's a good size but um yeah it was a lot bigger than this, but, yeah. <laughs> i've he heard so many
2: stories about miniature labradoodles and they turn out not to be <laughs> Yeah. It's a, it's a so size. i have to say when we saw prince's mum um you know fairly decent size and alice was fine with that but i forgot boys are bigger <laughs>
3: mm.
1: yes we are but
2: he yeah and he's just going into adolescence now joys the joys
1: You've got a moody teenager.
2: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So Alistair's had to take him out to like keep him quiet.
1: <laughs> Love
2: um, it. Yeah. Nice and it's called Prince.
3: That's a great <laughs> name
2: for
0: a dog. And also, he, you can't more? be a small dog and call Prince. You've got to yeah. own that name. So I think he's
2: got he's grown into his name. That's what he's done. <laughs> he has. He has. So Alistair was like, really, Prince? So Matt and Niall, you'll know that you know two of my heroes are George Michael and Prince. You know, in terms of the the singers. Yeah. So, um, um, Alistair had a choice. He's either called George or Prince, and he was like, "Well, you I don't really want Prince again. George." <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> he was like, "Definitely not." I did think, <laughs> and he said, "I, I don't. I can imagine, you know, if he runs across the park calling George, because everyone I think I've lost a kid." So um, <laughs> he opted for Prince.
3: Depends where you are in, in, in the world. If you're <laughs> calling Prince, they might I think that's a child as well. But um, <laughs> that's um, true. Anyway, so the question we normally ask our guests on the podcast um, is what does the human side of property mean to you? So, yeah, that question over to you.
2: I think for me, it's all about the financial freedom to go and enjoy life. You know, with with what I've been through and many other people have experienced something similar, you know, when you have a a near-death experience in that way, You just want to enjoy life, spend time with your friends and your family. Um, And property is the means to do that. And it just happens for me, my property journey went in a slightly different direction. And the great thing is, you know, on that human side, I can help so many more people. um, Make sure that they don't fall foul of those awful financial commitments and get it right. right And, and, you know, and make profit so that they can get that financial um, Mm. freedom.
3: Do you know what? There's a lot of people that need that right now because the, the um, stupid offers that I'm seeing going out there on sites and property that are being accepted at the moment um, just makes me think there's, there's, there's a lot of people making mistakes or knowing something that we don't. And to be honest, uh, qu- yeah, quite often, unless, unless they, yeah, it's really hard for us to know, like, what are they doing differently? but it means that well, it doesn't stack for, for, for us. So I know people have different circumstances, different amounts of interest they need to pay, they don't need to factor in, et cetera, you know, um, which can have a small impact. But sometimes we're seeing massively, yeah, massively increased um, um, offers that are being accepted. Yeah.
2: But the thing is, I've seen it so many times where you know, the vendors want an extortionate amount that a site is not worth, and they do get the offers, you're right, but how many of those fall out of bed? There's at least yeah. half that fall out six months down the line. And that's yeah. one of the great things about building a pipeline, which you can do in our because, you know, I didn't have a pipeline so that I wanted to fix it. Um, build that pipeline. So if you make an offer and it gets rejected um, or you think, well, they just want too much and I can't even compete. Put it in as a task to come back in six months time, because if it's fallen out, it could be an opportunity. Um, you know, to get in there before it goes back on the market or whatever. But I think, and that's one of the reasons about the calculator that we did, the quick deal analysis and the the detailed financial appraisal. So many people, and I understand it because I did it myself. You want to massage the numbers because you see a site and you think, wow, that looks amazing. You really want it to work, particularly if it's your first or second deal um, or development. You so want something to work and you do massage it. Um, so with the tool that we've created, you can't do that. I mean, yeah, you can change different schemes and see what different things would make in terms of the profit. But the numbers don't lie. Right. With a spreadsheet that you can manipulate, they could lie. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right there. Are, at the moment, there's loads of stuff going for really high prices. And yeah. what's what's going to happen to those in you know four or six months? Unfortunately, people will lose out. Um, in terms of financial because they'll be in too deep before they realize that it's not going to make them any money it could be a bit of luck if if the you know the values go up and the bill costs come down but the chances are bill costs are going to get keep going up at the moment Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's some challenges around the corner right but hopefully we can help people de-risk that
0: yeah but i think i think there's two things happening at the moment i think people are desperate. I think people have got this sort of like, oh, I must do something quick because I've been locked down for for so long. And they've they've almost got this kind of insatiable appetite to just invest, 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 develop, develop, develop. And it's almost like the numbers have become like a beside the point thing. So just got to be doing. Um, So there's this desperation. But then there's also this a lot of people just parking money. So that care for like, you know, they're just buying cash, parking it. Yeah. People are parking. People are parking left, right, and centre, which means they can get in there quick. The vendor's always going to choose them over anybody else. They can move fast and they don't care about the financial consequences because they're literally just shoving it in, thinking property's the way forward. Uh, you know, th- 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 there's almost like a recklessness about it. Um, it's, it's happening all over the place. People are getting picked to the post by cash buyers. So the servicing of finance, the exit, all of that isn't even a consideration. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, because
2: exactly. Because there's a lot of money out there, isn't there, just sat there earning yeah. nothing. So yeah, property is a a good bet in that sense yeah it's just gone mad so I think <laughs> yeah
0: that will, that will taper off I think I think there is just a real thirst a real hunger out there right now and yeah it will it will it will taper off but like you say the worrying thing is those who are just out there investing or developing for the sake of doing it because they've not been able to and just this idea of winning or doing something is yeah. superseding the common sense and the numbers <laughs> so it's like
2: yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because lots of people do think, particularly if it's their first development, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't make a profit, as long as I break even. But, you know, that's such a risk because if and you work out the numbers, is that, well, I might just about, you know, if I break even, I might earn 50 grand or whatever. But that's such a small margin, depending on the deal. Um, so it can go wrong so easily. And where you're thinking, it doesn't matter if I don't make anything, I want the experience. You know, if you lose it, you know, your your house, your home, your life is on the line.
3: Mm. It's, no, it's a it's a tricky one. Mm. Um. So uh, we, we ask our guests to come prepare the question for us.
1: And so, you had a long time to prepare this.
3: You had a very long time to prepare. <laughs> so, um, I think it'd, it'd be interesting to see, yeah, you know, what you want, how we can progress this conversation. So, o- over to you. What question would you like to ask?
2: Okay, so it's sort of property related, sort of. Right, so I'm, and this comes from because I'm very passionate about one of these areas. Um, would, are you coast or are you country, and
3: why? Ooh. Oh, mm. well, I can jump in first for a change, if you like, guys. Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I are you allowed to be both?
2: It could be, but you need to explain why.
3: Okay, so uh, I uh, growing up, I was always country because we lived. Yeah, going to the seaside was uh, a rarity. Um, it was always um, you know you go, it windy and cold, and and wasn't actually the UK British seaside not always the best. And obviously, I was up in the north of England, so um, you know the. the the beaches and the seaside towns were not the best. So my experience of the seaside as a kid wasn't necessarily positive. It wasn't something like, oh, yeah, I want to go to the beach. Um, my experience of, of um, seaside was on holiday um, with sandy beaches, being warm, going to the sea. And I, and I enjoyed that, but then started to not enjoy having sand between my toes as the sand gets everywhere. So I didn't, <laughs> didn't enjoy that. Um, typical so man that is I know always always uh in the country and like my goal my vision is to have a house in the country however since moving to Brighton and now to Wording, um I'm very much a, a coast person um I don't think I would want to move too far away I still want to move more uh kind of inland to still have that country um house the 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 the, the vision that we have for you know where we're going to be in four or five years and that will but but being close to the coast is really important so just being able to get out of the house like this morning went for a run along the, the, sea, the seafront up and down the pier and around and it's like you can't really put a, a price on that because it's just beautiful the sun was out um and you just could smell the, the seaside and i actually quite like the pebbly beach um because you don't get your sand between your toes you can still <laughs> chuck a rug on it and uh, and it's quite nice to sit on um, and also when the tide goes out you've got you've got this amazing sandy beach anyway so you can still go build a sandcastle with the kids um, and I don't have to get my, get my feet wet if I don't have it, but I want to. Um, so a long story short, I'm, I want my foot in both camps, but I'd want to be really close to the seaside. So I'm talking about, you know, probably 15 minutes max, 15, 20 minutes in the car. So that it can be a regular occurrence and we're still local because that's, that's the thing yeah, um, We're living on the seaside you know like two minutes walk to the seafront is the the tourists coming out and i i believe we're going to be in for a a summer of tourists um coming uh, doing staycations and visiting the beaches and stuff so um being local means you can get to the beach early we can have it to ourselves we can you know um yeah so having that not, not not that the beach is ours or mine, but my experience of of wording seafront is being in a lockdown and where it is what it was ours yeah um, nice only, only locals there, so it was an amazing place to, to be locked down um uh, for for that reason anyway, I've waffled on there. What about you guys?
1: I'm kind of similar to you in a sense, Matt because I grew up on the coast, um so like as, as a kid, like you could literally see. The, the sea from my house from when so when you wake up in the morning you got that smell of the sea air oh wow um, and it was very rural as well so there was no very little noise unless a tractor going past now and again that would be about it <laughs> um so yeah I, i've got that childhood image in my head of the idyllic seaside life um but i've got a like this thing in my head as well that it's It's beautiful, it's really nice to look at, but I also like the convenience of being close to things, like being close to the city, being close to, uh, I I love going to the theater when we were allowed to do that type of thing. So being able to go to the theater, which is 20 minutes away, um, and still be home in your own bed that night um, is is quite a nice thing to do. So I think it's, it's probably similar to Matt in the sense would be a mixture I like the idyllic lifestyle of being close to the sea um, but I also like the convenience and being closer to cities and uh, actually a, a hive of activity as well because I'm a, a social person I like to be around people so it's cool. yeah. so it's more more seaside <laughs> and city than rural
0: <laughs> oh. Listen, took the words right out of my mouth. Like, the country can do one as far as I'm concerned. Like, I just, <laughs> honestly, like, I just don't, I don't want to be in a village where, like, there's 12 people who know my business and, like, you know, the highlight is the Women's Institute cake sale. Like, I, that's not, that's my idea of hell. Like, I don't no. want to I? oh, no.
1: You'd be want want burned at people. the stake if you lived in a village. Can you imagine?
0: I'd be struck <laughs> down by lightning. I'd be like, where's the sushi? Where's where's the tube? I can't see it. Like, I freak out. Like, I like the city and the coast. So, Barcelona oh
2: yeah that's amazing you know put Madrid in Barcelona's location that would be my perfect place
0: big fan of Madrid I I like so I used to live in Granada in the south of Spain and it was it was you go skiing and then you could go to the coast and it was about an hour's drive away but for me the closer you can get to the coast the better I love being near water I'm about to move back to Wandsworth because I just love being near water so much so being near the river just it feeds my soul and the sea does the same thing to me I used to when I was a kid I went to school in New Zealand and I lived out there and we oh, had a, a a beach, we were living in um in South Brighton and it was right on the beach we lived in this gorgeous wee house in Jellicoe Street that just like you'd you'd hear the waves at night you know mm-hmm. and I I'm an auditory person so the sound of water is really important to me as well the smell the feeling that you get from water is really important I don't get any of those feelings when I'm In the country, you get the clear skies, but that's probably the only thing that I really enjoy. And you can get that with a far less polluted area. So for me, a city on the coast where I get my sushi and I can sit (laughs) on the sand and get the sand between my toes, Matt—that's my life, right there. Wow, I think I'm I'm absolutely with you, Joe.
3: You, you can still get your sushi um you know Brighton Worthing they've got sushi restaurants you know that works
0: for me Brighton Worthing all of that totally I, I yeah that I could you know I could live down there for sure but you know stick me in something that's just too rural where it like it is mm. just tractors and fields literally just end my life just finish me off get me done
2: unless you had a dog joe and and i say that because we've come to dorset we're here at the moment just for a few days it is in the country it's beautiful to look at but it's not the coast and i'm a coast person um but when you've got a puppy it gives you a different purpose so actually it's okay being in the in the country but for me i'm absolutely with you i'm all about the sea um you know we love sailing and we've got a little dinghy boat so i i'm I guess I'm um, a little bit of a quandary in terms of where we want to end up living. We want to be on the coast. I want a sea view and all of that lovely stuff that you just described. I want it to be in England. So we're not going to get that fantastic weather that you might get Barcelona. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, but the other um, challenge I've got, which is why I need to be a little bit of country is because I want to get a horse and I want a horse to be in the field next to me. So how do I do that and have a coastal view? That's a challenge. For me, in the next few years, Mm. it's like location. Mm. It will happen, and um, and my horse will be called George, (laughs) and I'll probably (laughs) buy it in January.
3: (laughs) Horses are cheaper in January, of course.
2: (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) probably are. (laughs) So yeah, all of those Uh, challenges, you know, first world problems, though.
3: Oh my god, that's so good! Amazing
2: i can be by the sea and park my horse (laughs) (laughs) and you know if it can poke its nose through the head of the um you know of the barn door into the house then perfect Perfect. because i'm (laughs) i'm quite short so he'll be a little small one so you know it will be okay because you know i need a little pony really rather than a horse Fair enough. That's fair enough. So storage is smaller, so that made that it helps. Yeah. Although I'd need to get a companion for him because I wouldn't want him to be on his own. So. Well, to be fair, you've got the dog. So Prince is already massive, <laughs> so he's probably better. <laughs> like that's he's true.
0: Like, oh, wait, just ride the dog. You don't need <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think he might have something to say about that, but he does look like a little pony when he all stretches out. It's quite funny. Oh, uh, love
0: it. Love it. Love it.
1: Love it.
0: Amazing. Um, that was a good hey, question.
3: Um, we yeah, it's a very good question. Um we, we've, I'm glad you haven't um, had it before. No, 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 not at all. We've not discussed um, our living preferences to that extent. Um, <laughs> but but um, moving moving swiftly on, uh, it's now time for a bit of episode roulette. So, um, for our new listeners, this is where we go through the previous episodes of uh, Property Jams. I scroll through them, and uh, we ask Claire to ask our guest, who is Claire this time, to say stop, and then we ask our guest the their opinion on that particular episode topic. So I am now scrolling, Claire. Whenever you are ready.
2: Okay, go for it. Am I supposed to see anything, or just say stop?
3: Just say stop. Stop. Okay, episode eight: Newbies to property. Oh. So, what's your take on? Yeah, if you were to give um, a newbie in property uh, one piece of advice, would it be?
2: Um, I think I would say. Don't put too much pressure on yourself because you want something to happen immediately and you think it will happen immediately, but development takes time. And even if you find something really quickly, it takes time for that development to go through, you know, through the completion, the planning before you can start the build. And then you've got the build um, before you then get the profit. So you just need to be mindful of that when you're going through that process so don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen immediately it's a numbers game in terms of getting the numbers right but also the number of sites that you find and analyze and make offers on you just have to keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and eventually something will land but don't think it will happen straight away because it does take a little bit of time but tenacity you'll get there for sure
0: oh
3: good advice (laughs) Yeah. It's really good. And basic sync as well. Why
0: well, thank you. Hit the market like right now, based on that <laughs> motivational
2: speech. Yeah, <laughs> and use my PDA to help them do that because it there does everything for you. There you go.
3: And and free and, for and the it's free, free version, and it's free. Yes.
2: Absolutely, and also you can get a free trial on our new version that we've just um, we've just launched.
3: Amazing. So that's
2: like the next level.
3: Next level. Uh, uh, next level. Uh, ah, there you um, go. Deals. There we go. If <laughs> level numbers, <laughs> cool. Uh, so I'm scrolling again, Claire. Uh, we'll do another. We'll do another one.
2: You never told me that would happen. <laughs> okay, stop.
3: Stop. Episode twenty four. Not on my doorstep. So this episode, oh. we, we talked about whether you invest close to home or far away from home. You know, what's your views on that?
2: Personally. Um, I have tried to look at development opportunities away from home, but it's quite challenging because you don't necessarily know the market very well, and you know things like what are the build costs, what are the GDVs, what's the the nuances about one street to another street. That can be quite challenging. So if you've got time to invest your your own time um, and find out everything about that area. Um, or know people that know the area, then that could work. But for me, I ended up coming back into the area that I know, because I think that makes a big difference in terms of the exit plan. Because I know the, um, you know, for example, I was looking this South Coast area, and we were going to purchase, I know that area really well. And house prices in that particular stretch were much higher. And it was much more affluent area than it was literally half a mile down the road because I knew the area then I felt confident with the numbers so um, you know it everybody will have a choice for that lots of people look in lots of different areas but the other thing I'd say is just focus on one or two specific areas
1: amazing yeah that's Ooh.
2: good nice. i say we're
0: getting dangerously informative and relevant it's it, I, can, I know like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like suffocatingly fabulous but <laughs> so, so brief but I love it at the same time
2: Good, and I was worried that you know Matt was going to keep going with this until I go mm, next. <laughs> Wait,
3: so we'll do we'll, do we'll do uh, one, we'll do one more. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> so uh, um, this is a whistle stop tour. This one, so just get your kind of one liner opinion on whatever this is. So I'm scrolling again. So stop whenever you're ready. Stop. Stop. Okay, episode number two, tenant stories. So, obviously, you're a landlord for quite a while. You must have one juicy tenant story that just pops into your head. What is it?
2: Well, is that, it's not that juicy, but it's the most current oh. one that happened yesterday, right? Ooh, so, um, I, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this. Um, one of our tenants has reported that there is a lot of condensation. I'm sorry, this isn't a one-liner map. Um, a lot of condensation in, the, um, in their flat can we do something about it so we've had like reports go out and we need to get do humidifier and do lots of things they want us to fix it but apparently the problem is because they haven't been ventilating of course it is.
0: Which it's always is... the same problem
2: every yeah time. but we need to pay for it i'm like for, you know um but the interesting thing is um the agents so the managing agent that we've come that we're using has said they've been in touch with the council and there's been lo- so during lockdown because everybody's been indoors They've had loads of condensation issues. Loads.
1: Well, what a surprise. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's like, but it's, (laughs) I know. Open the bloody
0: windows. (laughs) How do we fix the problem? I open the fucking window. That's what literally was in my head. I know. Open the fucking
2: window. I'm glad you swore. Cause I was like, "Mm." (laughs) but yeah, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) But yeah. So that was the first thing that popped into my head, Matt. So not that juicy, but annoying. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, I'm afraid we have come to the end of our time together. Thank you so much, Claire, for um, sharing um, your amazing journey, overcoming a lot of hurdles. And now congratulations on the, on the launch of your um, most recent, well, My PDA Pro, and uh, we wish you all the success with it. Um, I know we've I've already got our teeth into it, so uh, looking forward to, uh, to using it out there in the real world.
2: Thank you. It was really lovely to be on and um, great to talk to you guys as well. So thank you.
3: Brilliant. that's a goodbye from me. A
2: goodbye from me. That's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me.
3: Come and jam with us on social media where you can
1: hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast.
0: Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast.
1: Or you can email us at Podcast at Outlook.com. See, see you on, on the next, next episode.
0: episode.